if you if you listen to both Max Lewis Gaming or watch Max Lewis Gaming and listen to the <laughs> video games podcast. <laughs> hello and welcome back to the mo video games podcast it has been quite a while and we have a lot to catch up on which mostly means we're catching up on all the games maxwell has been playing but there's some stuff that oliver has been doing we got some commentary we got some opinions on games a little bit of super late tech news because it's been so long and it's a late night special also our longest episode ever and it's probably full of nonsense so it's just for you guys we thank you so much for joining us we hope you stick around and we hope you enjoy today's podcast Podcast. Ooh, I forgot to mute. There we go. <laughs> so it was funky one. Yeah. T- so for those that are <laughs> listening to this, first of all, welcome to a late night edition. It's been a while. There's a lot of pent up energy to be caught up on. Um, but it's been a while and i'm drunk enough that when i was transitioning i forgot that i was still listening to funky one in my ears which is what is recording the sound and so (laughs) recording the sound well actually well this is really interesting if you're listening to this podcast you won't know what i'm talking about this only affects the stream But if we're watching the stream, which nobody does, um, you'll know what I'm talking about. But since most of you listen, it doesn't matter. And it's been so long since we've done this, no one's probably listening to this anyway. So, welcome. I I forgot how to edit the podcast at this point, so fuck it. Uh, All right. So, as the title of this says, Life, Games, and Maybe Soundtracks? Question mark? Spoiler alert, soundtracks are not happening. Not happening. Podcast. That's a big no for me, dog. That's what we call a clickbait because we know if people If you ask care. me my top 16, I would say I don't know them. I know what's like <laughs> roughly up there, but it's been a long time since I looked at that fucking bracket. I know we got it. We have a top eight already. Like we have we have a, we're down to the top eight and we we don't even know our top 16. So. That's okay. Um, you know, well, I guess how's it been going? I feel like we should let the audience know how your general disposition and demeanor has been over <laughs> the break. That's that's kind. Um, yes, I have been <laughs> adequate. <laughs> how have you been, Oliver? Adequate, aptly said, Senor. It's yes. been it's been going. You know, it's just been. Um, it's been very chaotic for me for a while now. So, but things Amen. are things are settling the fuck down. Thank baby Jesus. Even though uh, not going to go there. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, you know, yeah, it's it's settling down. We take that. It's been a while. I have not had my computer set up for what it would be almost two full months now, which has made recording the podcast a little bit harder than normal. Um, <laughs> and yeah i'm actually about to set up my computer at the new place of uh i guess residence and (laughs) of worship but i don't know how i'm gonna get 
ethernet cord to it yet so that's going to be a whole it's going to be a whole thing we'll find out so just drill it's a little teaser for the future (laughs) i know because for those of you so i've been listening or uh clarice and i have been listening to slash watching we've been watching i'll just put it out there the it's always sunny in philadelphia podcast aka the it's always sunny podcast and they call the people who watch the podcast creeps um and so for the creeps out there everyone who listens or watches the mo video games podcast is canadian that has not changed um but for less canadians (laughs) but for the creeps out there you may or may not notice that oliver is in a new background um and this is not the new background to which he was referring for the future um but it is different than what it was in the past (laughs) because there is distinctly a modem within almost arm's reach of me right now so the here is not the issue it is somewhere else (laughs) which is yet yet to be revealed to the creeps you know what we're gonna we're gonna take our scenery reveals one at a time because i feel like i've i've really shown the the world at this point a variety of locations you really have certainly i've moved so fucking much while we've been recording this oh and basically since i've we've been recording this like virtually that that we've been doing i've pretty much been here um yeah yeah so there's been some improvements in lighting perhaps maybe some slight changes to the background um but in playstation mug though yeah, PlayStation Mug on top of the Nintendo Entertainment System, so you know I game. <laughs> Letting us all know which console's superior to. Yeah, because I, I clearly don't game on the NES as it is not plugged in and a decorative piece at this point. But though it is, it's half sad, half exciting that the PS Five has been replaced. But the Helmy's a good replacement, so. Yeah, uh, so for those non-creeps out there, uh, Oliver is referring to in the background, I used to have the PS5 standing tall and proud, um, which is, Sheesh. it's actually all good news because it means I've actually been playing it much more frequently. Um, it has moved to L large TV uh, in the main room um, because it is now kind of our main streaming platform. And also gaming and co-gaming platform, which I'll get more into when I discuss the the games I've been playing recently. Um, and so my in here has been relegated to just lowly PC gaming. Um, which on that note, there's so much to discuss. On that note, I do have August 11th. I have a video coming out on Max Lewis Gaming. I have not posted a recorded video since August 9th of 2021. So it'll be just over a year when I actually post. I've streamed a couple things um, here and there, but an actual recorded and edited video, it's been, it'll have been over a year and it's to mark the two year anniversary of my channel. Now, I'm not going to say on here, or maybe I will say what game I've, I've, uh, I played. Um, Stay tuned. <laughs> because <laughs> I, well, I was thinking i was like i told maxwell lewis gaming people oh take a guess but if you if you listen to both maxwell lewis gaming or watch maxwell lewis gaming and listen to the <laughs> video games podcast <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> Already off the rails. <laughs> oh, yeah, if you listen to both, I can't even say it backwards fucking intentionally. Woo! <laughs> but yeah, if you do both, you get you get the dub. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's crisis. <laughs> It's not, but why don't uh, I'll give you the pleasure, Oliver? Why don't you tell the the creeps and the listeners here um, what game I'm playing on Maxwell's Gaming? <laughs> I I don't even know if I remember it correctly, but I believe you said Dead Space Two, but I don't remember Dead Space Two being a thing, so that's, that's why correct. I'm saying I'm unconfident. That's when did correct. Dead Space Two come out? Twenty eleven. Is it recent or is this <laughs> okay? So it was a great follow up. Never mind. <laughs> Yeah, there have been three Dead Space games. Um, oh, my education showing. Yeah, so they, they came out. It, 2008 was Dead Space, 2011 Dead Space 2, and I think maybe 2013 for Dead Space 3. Uh, somewhere around there. But it was it was a cadence, kind of a trilogy uh, going on there. Literally a trilogy, some would say. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the first game I ever played on my channel, and the first game I played through in its entirety... One of two games I've played in this entirety um, was Dead Space. And uh, so, that appropriately, I'd been kind of missing Max or Lewis game and kind of missing recording gameplay. So, I decided to uh, start some Dead Space 2 playthrough and thought it was appropriate. It was kind of coming around that time. Two years, Dead Space 2. There's a two motif going on. There's something to be said there. But uh, 2022. Yeah. 47. It's ooh it, the seven number uh, brings me to another point too. I do have to say, uh, this is personal. My eyes are fucked. I've got issues with my eyes, so my eyes water all the time. But my eyes are watering right now because I was just laughing so hard. Um, I just got tears streaming down my face constantly. Um, but yeah, go, going back to how this all started. Yes, the, the PS5 is gone from my from my rear view. I have my my racing helmet now that I proudly display because I took my car to a track once. Therefore, I am boy racer. Um, but the PS5 has been getting played a lot. So. All of that being said, this is how we start the gaming that you have all been waiting for. Um, Oliver. <laughs> oh no what have you been playing <laughs> i haven't uh well things have not changed for the most part um i've been playing some league i've been playing some rocket league i don't remember last time we recorded i started sekiro shadows died twice i don't know Ooh. if i mentioned that i don't um, think i knew this maybe don't think i did yeah started playing sekiro and i was like you know Moving out of my place kind of soon, you know, wasn't thinking that I just wasn't going to have my PC for months after that. So I was pretty hyped. I mean, like, uh, it is definitely feels more intense and challenging. It's more mechanically intensive than a Dark Souls game. I, I always feel like with Dark Souls games, you can. Uh, how do you what do you want to call it? Like you can knowledge your way through a lot of Dark Souls. Like, if you just know, like, what items are overpowered and overtuned, however you want to say it right, and shit like that, or, like, what builds are overpowered. Where with Sekiro, it's just straight up, you just gotta have, you gotta have the hands. You can't not have the hands and be good at the game. Mm. So, okay. I'm pretty pumped. 
I got my face plummeled many times very quickly. So you could say I don't have hands, um, but <laughs> I'm working on them. I'm work. I'm designing them right now. So uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see. League. I took a rather long break from. Feels good to go back. Have no desire to play it as much as I used to. And uh, Rocket League's delightful. So Hell League, yeah. I only played dumb shit. Uh, that makes zero fucking sense. I pretty much only played top laners in the jungle has been my new thing. Uh, so yeah, that's been going not that well, if I'm being really honest. I have a 39% win rate over like 60 games. I'm really bad now. <laughs> like, oh, fuck it. I'm, I'm still having fun, so fuck if I care. It's the only reason to play at this point. This game so. should be, yeah. Yeah. I would like to win a little bit more, to be fair, but at the same time, it costs yeah. me nothing. Winning is fun. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, you know, when I used to play a lot, I was at like a 55, 56% win rate last season when I was playing a lot, much higher rank than I was now. You know, there's lots of things that were better. And now I'm just worse in all regards. So Hell it's yeah. okay. I mean, it goes to show that esports require a lot of practice and attention to maintain. Yeah, when I first started playing it again, I was playing with a buddy. There was several times where I was like, this person has just played this game more than me recently. Like, there's just not a counter for that in my eyes. Like, they just have played more, and I just have forgotten, like, basics, you know? Like, there's just some super simple shit that's like, I don't know, don't flash your body into hell and light yourself on fire. Like, the really basic stuff, you know, that you just shouldn't do, so... <laughs> took it to the extreme because no one that listens plays league so other than one person barely kind of so yeah but i mean all you need to know is i mean as it it, so it's an esport and they they constantly are adding champions they are changing the balance of the game um and they are they're changing the balance of like game strategy constantly so those three things. So like how how OP a character is, um, if it's a new character, and how OP certain strategies are, I feel like change from season to season and throughout the season as they make adjustments. Sure. And so if you don't keep up to date on it, something that worked really well a month before no longer functions at all. So yeah, it's yeah. And I will say they did they did release a large durability patch um, in the time of absence of the Mobile Video Games podcast, which certainly has changed uh, quite a bit of the feel of the game. Fights last really long now because just no one fucking dies. So uh, interesting. It definitely, the game slowed down a lot, and the community is really not happy about it. Uh, I've heard quite a bit of stuff about them wanting to revert it that they are going to revert it. They haven't really reverted anything. They said that they were going to reduce healing. I've said this a year ago, you know, the season we're on season 12, season 11. They said heal cuts, not going to be necessary. That was a lie. And that's okay. We all make mistakes. <laughs> um, so they said that they were going to uh, fix the healing issues within the game. And then they pretty much didn't change healing at all and reduced how much heal cut worked. So they just made it worse because it was already a fucking issue and then they just made the anti-issue worse so yeah there's been i've been like reading the patch notes but i'm just like this shit just goofy i don't get it 
the durability patches bunk, the healings bunk, but still League of Legends, baby. Gotta play it, you know, slave to the grind. <laughs> I I guess kind of like maybe the potential upside to, to having a durability patch and like having longer fights and having some longer strategies play out and having people have more of an opportunity to contribute. Um, like initially when you said that, I was like, Oh, that actually could be cool. Um, but I, I guess, yeah, it does sound like maybe you lose some of the stakes or the initial stakes and it kind of reduces maybe the skill floor required, which is maybe frustrating for some people. Yeah. I, I, I did feel like the game was getting maybe a little too bursty. Like I just felt like everyone was a goddamn assassin and that was frustrating. But like now I feel like unless you're a fed assassin, you can't kill an ADC who's supposed to be weak and squishy. Right. It's just like mm. they, did, they did too much. They needed to find the middle grounds, which is, I mean, whatever. Do too much. Pull it back. Just make the changes is all that people want. Right. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, I would say that most things are too durable right now. And since things are durable, healing is out of control because it's just like now if you can just heal yourself, fights last a really long time. So you're going to be attacking more, which means you're going to be healing more. So yeah, it's 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 hard to like perceive the whole butterfly effect of consequences. But they also yeah. have a literal fucking server where they test everything for two weeks beforehand. So I don't understand how all the process with this game is so fucking rough. But whatever we can criticize riot all day i'm not even calling them rito as a as a, as a compliment i'm letting them know i'm, I'm upset yeah it, it it is crazy though i mean how how delicate of a balance a game like that can be to be successful in esports and have something that allows people to be competitive with with varying strategies and how you play that it's it's impressive that they've gotten it so right for so long um yeah and i mean there's probably lots of similar missteps along the way but that's just kind of the game is in order to progress you got to try some new shit and it's still gaining popularity so i mean i think there's something to be said about that at least like north american viewership still going up i don't really follow too much with other countries i mean i watch europe but i don't pay attention to like the statistics around it but yeah. If North America is going up, I pretty much guarantee other countries are going up because North America notoriously has like zero interest in the game. So relative to other major regions. Yeah. We're a minor region at this point. Let's be honest. OK, <laughs> moving on. What have you been playing? Did you ever finish uh, Horizon 47 Dawns? Yeah, so that's not even on my list is how long ago I finished that game. Sheesh. So here's the games I have been playing since since I last. So Horizon Forbidden West has been completed. I don't remember if I had completed it or not the last time we spoke, um, at least on the podcast. Um, but that that uh, Cyberpunk 2077, Control, mm. Forza Horizon mm. Five, the Forza mm. Horizon Five Hot Wheels expansion. Um, God bless. Hitman Three. Mm. Gran Turismo Seven. Mm. Stray was waiting. The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe, and it takes two. It takes two is good. That's all I know. Yeah, it takes two 
let's start with that one. So I'm I'm curious what you've heard slash have you played it slash what do you think? Well, let me Google it just to double check that. Okay, no, I was thinking of a different game, but I was thinking of a rather similar game. So tell me more about It Takes Two. Okay, so It Takes Two. I don't even remember what game I'm thinking of. But. The, is the same developers as A Way Out, um, which Oliver and I played A Way Out together. Um, and so th- this developer, both A Way Out and It Takes Two are co-op only. So you can only play the game if you play it with someone else. But they have this incredibly consumer-friendly model where only one person needs to purchase the game and then you can invite people to it and they can play the entire game with you without having purchased the game. They kept that from a way out into It Takes Two. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Um, And it just fosters a really positive gaming environment because we always say it, gaming is better when it's done with other people and enjoyed with other people. That's why watching people play video games is so exciting. Um, Like it's just a shared experience is is really what gaming should be. And It Takes Two. And I I should look up. Do Do you see the developer of it? Uh, I did. I literally just closed it when you asked that question. So. Okay. Oh, wait, here we go. Hazel, Hazel Light Studios. Yes, published Hazel Light. by EA. Yeah, fuck EA. Um, but Hazel Light Studios. I mean, gra- glad that EA gave the money to Hazel Light to to make the game. Um, but fuck EA for literally everything else. Um, but Hazel Light. Wow. Hats off to them. Um, but it takes two. So it it tells the story of this couple. They're like on the brink of divorce, and they have this child. And this child is like really upset. And in the course, some magic curse thing happens and it turns the two, the two adults into these dolls. And then so they have to kind of work their way through their environment to kind of get back to the daughter. And ultimately, haven't completed the game yet, but the, the goal is like you're trying to find love with each other again and, and unbreak the curse, which sounds like this such stereotypical, like just played over and over again narrative trope and it's so the, the the story is pretty standard there's nothing too crazy about it but what it takes two does um and why it won game of the year uh at, at the game awards um whatever year it was i guess 2020 maybe probably 2021 i think um if i'm remembering correctly is it's game design it's game play, which is closely tied into its game design and its game environments are some of the most innovative and fun and exciting I have played in my life. This game, so I'm playing it with my wife, Clarissa, and it's it's accessible enough. So she plays Animal Crossing, but she doesn't play like platformers um first person shooters and those types of games so it's accessible enough to someone who doesn't play a lot of like games that require a lot of like those quick mechanics um of those games um but also interesting enough to someone like me that does play a lot of those games and so it's accessible but exciting to such a wide variety of gamers is already off the bat a win but God damn, if the environment doesn't constantly leave me jaw on the floor. Like, I, I distinctly remember you go into your kid's room. Um, and this isn't a spoiler. Story spoilers don't matter that much because it's a pretty typical narrative trope. But you 
it takes each environment so your kid's room and then it kind of like disney-fies it so there's like this huge ocean of balls kind of like the the play ball pit at like a mcdonald's or something like that but i mean there's like this castle of i guess like your kid's castle but it's got like this waterfall of these balls coming and it's so hard to describe but it's just literally jaw on the floor with like not like oh graphical prowess which i mean graphically it's it's great it it holds up for the time it's not cutting edge like horizon yeah but it's like the design like the yeah the idea behind it is impressive yeah it's just like i'm like wow i am like so excited to play in this and so it's just it bring it has been bringing the joy back to gaming something that i think has kind of been sorely missing from a lot of games and that's why i think this game gets a lot of hate at the same time it gets love in one game of the year like people are like oh my gosh like it's not breaking technical boundaries like naughty dog and santa monica studios and gorilla games and or rockstar for for that matter and oh it's not narratively impressive like the last of us and some other games that have come out and oh blah 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 this and that but it's just the pure joy what it means for a gamer and the fact that like you don't need to buy two copies of the game to play it with someone and it brings people together and it's and it's a game that's full of hope and excitement and it has such a callback it touches so many gaming genres there's literally a fucking level that's like a dungeon crawler like it changes game genres throughout the game it's just constantly surprising me so it takes two the the short of it is uh wow amazing banger alert banger alert if you have not played it and you have someone in your life that you you can spend the time to go through this game with uh hopefully a a loved one ideally because that's it's kind of this romantic storyline um but it doesn't have to be the game is just so fun so inventive it's just it's pure joy it's a game for gaming's sake that also looks beautiful has a good story on top of it um it takes two hazel eye studios ba-bam all right i want to next move on to the stanley parable so and that that's what i've listed this youtube streaming video as uh the stan what, what do you know about the stanley parable oliver and have you played it i'm gonna be really honest i i haven't heard of it until when you said it like uh you know a couple seconds ago (laughs) okay so stanley parable is a game it came out originally in 2013 for pc only and it's one of those galactic cafe we'll shout them out (laughs) and it's 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 one of those games that like is constantly i see references to and just seems kind of like this this staple that people understand something when they see a reference to this game and i i knew absolutely nothing about it but just knew that it was kind of this pillar whether or not it's a cult following um or not it got a lot of critical acclaim when it initially came out but they just released the ultra deluxe version um so it's available on pretty much every platform so pc xbox playstation old and new generation nintendo switch steam deck etc if it's 
it, it's kind of like the minecraft you know you play it on microwave um and so go check it out but they basically re-release it for every platform and added a bunch of content to it uh and this just came out this year in 2022 and and so essentially i it, it's really hard to talk about this game without spoiling it so i'm not going to talk a lot about it but essentially what it is is a commentary on gaming in a very comedic and inventive and surprising way you play as stanley and you go through the game and you are making decisions and those decisions are narrated by a narrator that's all you need to know and you go play british actor kevin brighting we got it we got it dude we love the british is that the the narrator he yeah, is Brighting. phenomenal. I one of the he could have made or broken the game um, because that that's like a huge part of it. it. Like if not the part of it is is the narrator, and I have to say he absolutely kills it and it makes me laugh constantly. But this game, the Stanley Parable, absolutely go check it out. I really don't want to go more in depth because there is just me going into it not knowing anything was the best possible scenario you should know as little as possible about this game when you go play it other than knowing that you will have a good time and that that's all i can say about it because the more you know the there's just there's so much surprise to it yeah and, yeah, and, yeah we, we don't gotta say we don't we gotta leave we can leave it yeah originally half-life 2 mod released independently later made with the source engine all you gotta know Boom. i'm gonna play it I didn't even know it was a Half-Life mod, so thank you for adding that. That's pretty cool. But not anymore, so now it's just a... Well, yeah, full game engine. now, yeah. Yeah. But um, it, it's incredible. Highly recommend. I bought it on sale. The, the Ultra Deluxe was recently on sale. Um, might not be on sale anymore, but it's it's not super expensive. It's like, I think, $30, maybe $35, something like that normally. Um, I have I am very close to platinuming the game. One of the trophies... You have to play the game for the entire duration of a Tuesday. Um, and that is the only trophy I do not have yet. And there is no workaround for the trophy. Um, you have to actually play it 24 hours on a Tuesday. You can, it's cumulative. So you can play an hour for 24 different Tuesdays. Um, but there is no workaround. There, there is another trophy where you have to not play the game for 10 years. Um, and there is a workaround. You can just change your, your system time to 10 years in the future and get the trophy. So I've gotten that one. Um, but that, and if those trophies, that, that tells you all you yeah, need to know about the tone already, of the game. <laughs> so I, I was so pleasantly surprised. It was so refreshing and enjoyable. I also played that with Clarissa where she was watching and like kind of telling me what decisions to make and stuff. Really fun to play with someone else and to experience that. Fantastic. So gaming is in a great state currently. Um, the rest of these I'll, I'll hit more high level touching. Those are the two I'm like incredibly passionate about because thank God games like that are still getting made. Um, stray so what 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 do you know meow. about stray meow okay yeah meow and meow and meow that that's i got a video for maxwell that was like meow <laughs> that's pretty much what i got from the video 
It looks interesting, but I, from the video you sent me, I mean, it's hard to know from like 10 seconds of a snap, but like, I have no fucking idea what the game's that. I'm more confused somehow looking at that. <laughs> That's fair. So, Stray is a game where you play as a cat. Um, yeah. The, the, basically, you get separated from your cat family, and then you are working your way back to the cat family through this kind of like Blade Runner cyberpunk dystopian but also kind of hopeful world is all you need to know about it and you play as a cat so there's it it is an incredibly detailed the developers are cat lovers pretty much all have cats and the cat in the game is modeled by the cat of one of the developers they didn't like bring in an actor cat they actually used their own cat and they're incredibly passionate about it and jackson the the cat whisperer whatever he is um clarissa and i just watched a video jackson galaxy jackson galaxy he he amazing if you have a cat watch jackson galaxy he will save your life hands down and he had literally nothing but the highest possible praise for one how well they portrayed it and just how incredible the game was um and i i can second that i've only played an hour maybe two hours um into it and it, it is the closest you will ever get to being a cat um in the best way possible and uh, the gameplay i mean gets the job done it's you're, you're playing as a cat so like the the platforming isn't incredibly inventive because they focus on like if you're going to jump to somewhere it'll prompt you and then it'll do the jump um so you're not like having to time jumps and, and stuff like that but i've seen reviews and i agree with this comment that cats calculate their jumps before making the jumps so it's actually in some ways even more cat-like to have the cat kind of calculating and prompt and and make the jump um when you do it so i'll I'll let that slide um but uh yeah so far it has been phenomenal as a cat owner cat lover it it has really been a joy i don't think you have to own a cat or love cats to enjoy the game but man, I think it would help immensely. Oh, <laughs> uh, you have to own a cat, so. That's true. That's the law. It's a requirement. And if you don't own a cat, I'm sad for you. It's okay. Dogs are great too, but cats are better. <clears throat> if you're allergic, I'll give a pass. But otherwise, get a cat. That's true. You get a hypoallergenic cat, which is basically a hairless cat which I don't know if I can fully recommend, but I don't want to hate on people that have hairless cats because all cats are awesome. Um, I'm just saying cats are cheap to own and they pretty much take care of themselves for the most part. So pretty (laughs) low investment. And there's way too many cats in the world that don't have fans. So don't leave a cat behind. You know what I'm saying? Lots of dogs don't have fans too, though. So as long as you adopt it, you're good. I thought that the cat... At least the like the amount was worse, but I know that apparently like cats just shit out other cats like it's their job. So maybe I'm wrong <laughs> on that. I haven't looked at the statistics at all. So yeah, if you could adopt an animal, adopt an animal. I'm leaving. This conversation is done. We got way too off track. <laughs> Stray, baby. Stray. I am not far enough in it to make it a full definition, but I I can say for a fact if you if you like cats, if you know cats, it, pick it up. It's thirty bucks. 
so it's not it's not a huge investment um it's on pc and playstation ps5 and ps4 and uh you can also if you want to try out like the playstation if you don't currently subscribe to playstation plus i think it's playstation plus it's either extra or premium or their new tiers that they've included which i will not talk about because i'm tired of talking about gaming subscriptions i don't care um anymore but one of the playstation plus subscriptions has stray available and you can do a free trial too um so if you don't currently do that psa throwing it out there um gran turismo 7 awesome i i love gran turismo as a simulator it's just so much fun i love that they brought back it's a full gran turismo so they have the license tests and everything if you aren't familiar with gran turismo uh, it's it's a driving simulator like forza motorsport if you've played that um it's much more closely related to forza motorsport than a full-on sim like assetto corsa and uh i can't even think what the other one's called the top of my head so it's like well, it's, when you say driving sim you mean like realistic physics yeah not, re- realistic not, physics yeah yeah um for people who are maybe less <laughs> akin to the driving world yeah so if you grew up playing need for speed that would not be a driving simulator that would be an arcade racer so those physics are while they can be somewhat grounded in reality um like forza horizon Horizon. yeah is is much more grounded in reality but is still not realistic although you can turn on the same settings but forza motorsport uh gran turismo those are more like actual simulators where it's much more like you would be driving a car in real life but they're still slightly arcadey not quite and then you've got like full-on sims like iRacing and and some other things that are like truly lifelike uh, whatever as close as you could get without spending millions of dollars on a simulator or driving an actual car yeah um, yeah <laughs> yeah exactly shout out university of iowa um but has been incredible. I, was say, I feel like there's there's a point in everyone who's played like arcade racers who like they pick up a sim racer and people are like this is realistic right or at least like a lot more realistic than everyone's oh easy peasy i got it and then they take their first <laughs> turn and they just go straight forward off the turn because they went way too fucking fast into it every time i feel like every time someone's gotta go through it once me you gotta too. you gotta reel off runs yeah like i i I play them and sometimes getting back into them like the sensation of speed is so different in in reality and part of the problem is in arcade racers you're typically in this third person view because you want to see the cool car that you're driving um but most of the time well in reality when you're driving a car you're in the cockpit um but in simulators like gran turismo 7 quasi simulators if you're in a third person view in reality, watching cars go fast looks much slower than it feels when you're in the car. So in a third person view, you don't get the same sensation of speed. So you don't slow down fast enough. And like Oliver said, you'll slide right off the track. You'll slide into a wall. It'll happen immediately. It helps a lot in a simulation game. If you put it in either the cockpit view or like the hood view, you have a much greater sense of speed and that can help you a lot. But still, you will break too late guaranteed um until you get used to it because in reality it's it's very different it's very different um 
But yeah, sticking into cars, uh, Forza Horizon 5 and Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels expansion. Forza Horizon 5, I played a little bit more. Uh, it still suffers from popping. Um, pretty much everything else about the game has been fixed, but there is still graphic popping. And so for those of you who aren't aware, graphical popping is... It, Distracting. It, yeah, you, you can't... You can't render an entire world. So when you're, when you're in an open world game, the, your computer or your console is not rendering or drawing the entire world that you are in. It is only drawing essentially kind of what you're looking at and maybe a little bit beyond that. So as you're turning, it, it can draw that. And, it, and that's just because it is so resource intensive to maintain that information in the memory of your video card or your CPU or your RAM, whatever. So they want to reduce the amount of information that's there so they can make what is there as detailed as possible. And another strategy they use is called level of detail. And so, or LOD, you'll hear people refer to it as. And what that essentially means is things that are far off in the distance have a much lower resolution texture than the things that are immediately close to you. Because in reality, when you're looking far off in the distance, you don't have high resolution of that anyway. And so as you approach those things, they will gradually increase in resolution um, and it should feel natural. Um, so the highest amount of resources are the things that are right in front of your face. The things off in distance don't matter. The pop-in occurs when that's not a gradual change. So a, thing, a tree that was off in the distance, this old resolution, stays low resolution until it's right about here and then it pops into high resolution and it completely changes how the tree looks. And that happens for all the assets in the game. So as you are approaching them, they're popping into high resolution and it becomes distracting. Long story short, that's still a problem in Forza Horizon 5 and the Hot Wheels expansion, which I'm disappointed in. I suspect part of the issue is that I have an older graphics card. It's not that old. It's a 10 series NVIDIA, so I have a 1080. But I suspect that because they have gone to optimizing for the Xbox series consoles and how that direct storage and everything goes, is that because I have an older architecture and an older GPU, that maybe there's something with the video RAM that's occurring that's still preventing that. And if I had a brand new GPU or is playing it on the Xbox series consoles, that might be better. So I, I want to leave that as a, it could be a my hardware issue. It's disappointing that it's happening on hardware that's not that old, but that, that could be why it's happening. What I will say though, the Hot Wheels expansion, the, the opening, all the Forza games and the expansions have like this initial opening, like cinematic type driving race experience to kind of introduce you to the world. I, I, I think I got the most like goosebumps and heart pounding from this that I've gotten in a game in a very long time. Like the, the initial Hot Wheels expansion opening race was so exhilarating and exciting. And I was just in awe of the world, similar to the It Takes Two. Like they, they went fully inventive. So Forza Horizon 5 takes place in Mexico. The Hot Wheels expansion is as if you are above Mexico. So they were like, rather than in Forza Horizon 3, when they did the Hot Wheels expansion, they put Hot Wheels basically in the Australian world that was already there. 
Forza Horizon 5, they were like, we're just going to say it's above everything so we can just fucking reinvent everything and make it whatever the hell we want it to be. And there's like four main biomes and they're so diverse and they're so freaking cool. It's just what they could do with the freedom of having the laws of physics and reality not matter is incredible. Um, so hats off to them. Unfortunately, I have to follow this up by saying I don't care about Forza Horizon 5 anymore. Um, and a big part of that is there is just so much information and so many checklists and so many things to do. If you complete a single racing event, you will get 20 fucking notifications of different checklists and accolades and medals that you have gotten. It's absurd. Like, it has just become this information inundation, and it's, it's way too much. I think they've gone too far. That's a me personal issue. Some people might like that. I don't. Forza Horizon 4, the GOAT. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, Forza Horizon 4. Oh my gosh, I just... Adam is apparently watching and he commented or get a dog and play the game in front of them. Ooh, uh, talking about Stray. Okay, I was like, I totally missed I the see. comment. So I am sorry, Adam. <laughs> I just saw it now. Normally my comments pop up top, but for some reason the comment was down. That's why I missed it. Um, I've been like... You can make excuses. It's okay. I've been pe- I don't I've even have the comments this whole time. That's my excuse. <laughs> but hey, Adam, how's it going? Good to see you. Um, Salutations. But yes, yeah, or get a talk, play a game in front of them. Either way, yeah, you'll enjoy Stray. Um, but uh, yeah, Forza Horizon 5 is just, it's disappointing to me. Forza Horizon 4 really was, for me, the GOAT. It was kind of the peak of, they took what was great about Forza Horizon 3 and made some awesome improvements. And Forza Horizon 5, to me, has taken it too far, and there were too many bugs initially, and there's still some graphical issues that I just can't get past. And it hasn't done enough to change it for me. I think that's why they're adding so much, is they're like, we are a racing game, what can we change? And we're now on Game Pass, so we're having this huge audience, so we have to innovate and we have to do these new things. I think there's a lot of pressure um, that's causing them to do these things. Um, <laughs> hey, everything you say, Adam, is important. Uh, don't don't think anything otherwise. Um, but uh, yeah, so Forza Horizon Five disappointment. It's still, the game looks incredible. I hope that if you have newer hardware, that the pop in isn't an issue. Um, and if you if if you have Game Pass, absolutely check it out. If you're not paying for the game, one thousand percent check it out. It's worth checking out. But I do not recommend paying for the game. Um, that would be. I would go back and get Forza Horizon Four. If if you're like thinking racing video games sound interesting, there's still enough of a player base out there. I w- I would recommend Forza Horizon Four it, as your introduction into that series. I just want to say I feel like all my re- reservations about Forza Horizon Five feel only validated the longer that it's out, and also. There's just the reason I played racing games when I was much younger, right? And not to the extent that Maxwell did, but going into Forza Horizon 4, there's a reason I soiled my pants rather badly playing it. And it's because it is just that fucking good. Like it, 
that was like it was just huge leaps and bounds from like what like if you were playing racing games and like you know like late 2000s early 2010s to ford's horizon 4 not comparable i mean literally comparable because you could compare anything <laughs> you want but like yeah it's just le- leaps and bounds different you know it's unbelievable what they did so i kind of expect a little bit of a flop i hope that i hope with six they figure it out right like there's always incremental improvements that can be made with those games but just like i got nervous when when you release something that good man it's hard to fucking follow up on that yeah and there's too much pressure and i i am I, one thing I do have to say, it feels like the console wars have died away. I really don't see people caring about if you play on Xbox, if you play on PlayStation, what games. The, the community, I have to say, it seems has done a really good job. And maybe I'm insulated from it somehow. But it seems the community has done a really good job of not caring anymore and not having toxicity from a console war standpoint. People are fucking doing terrible things to developers and content creators and that cannot happen and so i guess maybe the toxicity has shifted um but i am glad to see that the console wars have essentially died off that being said i am really disappointed in xbox um halo infinite uh, from everything i've seen is terrible they still i think either don't have co-op or maybe it's finally starting to come they're missing a lot of features they're missing a lot of gameplay um the servers are not great can you elaborate because i thought i thought i had a friend who played who was saying that it was i i don't entirely remember who so i'm talking the adam <laughs> i'm talking from the community overall and what i've seen which is typically vocal people not necessarily always what the majority thinks i think the game likely at its core probably has good bones um but it was released in an unfinished state without when it was missing game modes i mean released without campaign co-op period okay yeah that's that's a little upsetting they what i remember hearing was that it was like it was like a seven out of ten in the sense that it's like for halo like whatever it's okay you know but like well i guess for halo maybe it's bad right but like for a game it was like okay interesting story ish so says it was him by the way (laughs) thank you adam i'm glad you're here to verify and and, and for him saying it i mean i i don't doubt it is a a good game um generally speaking but for a a flagship game for xbox it's disappointing that that's uh, all they had um and and that they they what it could have been um i don't know all that went down i know that went through some directors and there was a lot of controversy around that led to it being delayed and then still not having and I, i want I want Halo to be successful, one, because I, I like Halo, and I, I wanted yeah. to play it, and, good. and I've lost my appetite for it as a result of, of what happened with, with the launch and them missing a lot of features and kind of the lukewarm reception it's gotten. But, like, Xbox doing amazing things is good for everyone because that's competition. Um, and, and I think the, the gaming community has gotten that. I don't need to like stand on a fucking soapbox and preach that. It seems like most people understand now the competition is good and everyone succeeding is good. And that the developers, it, it's not the company. It's not Xbox. It's not PlayStation. It's not Nintendo. It's the actual developers that are passionate about games that are making these games for people. And I think for the most part, people have seen that. Unfortunately, people now know that developers make games and have directed that toxicity 
at the developers <laughs> directly to them yeah so the that's people who good. give us the goods yeah um but uh i mean i won't i won't speak for adam but i feel like my expectations with infinite were like higher per se than maybe like when like what halo 5 came out or some shit like that right uh was kind of hoping it felt like there was like enough of a time differential that i could like look forward to a, a better improvement but halo games have been uh, like halo one through three are amazing i'm not saying that like reach wasn't good odst had its moments as well but like i don't know it's been slacking for a little bit yeah in my yeah. eyes so i i wasn't i wasn't feeling super optimistic about infinite and then when they said that they're gonna have the multiplayer be free to play that felt like we're not sure that we have a good enough product to just organically bring people in. Maybe they're trying to capture a different market space. Also a fair argument, right? But it felt a little bit like we just don't have enough chops, essentially, in this game to have it be legit. So we're going to fucking do this. Like, hey, when, 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 when does Halo ever need to be free? Like, it's their biggest fucking franchise, right? I don't even know what to come close in terms of Xbox. Is their biggest fucking franchise. Why would you have a single Forza. aspect of it free? Yeah. Sure. But you know what Forza is? It's not Halo. So, I mean. <laughs> so, so Adam says, Infinite was fun. Good direction for Halo to go. But no one wants to play it again because you can't replay missions and there's no co-op. And the multiplayer is also boring. Yeah, that's, that's fair. And that's, that's, a pretty, that's a pretty bad indictment. But, yeah. That's one hundred percent fair. Um, yeah, and and unfortunate the fact that it was a good direction for Halo, and there there was good bones, and they they release it missing key features, and what it could have been is is disappointing and sad for the people behind it that probably put a lot of love and passion into it, and the people who love Halo. Like it's just it's it's sad. You you don't want to see that. Um, and the free to play. Let's talk a little bit about that real quick. Free to play is equals money. Um, that is 100%. There is literally no other reason other than money. Um, you make infinitely more money free to play than you do having people pay for your game, which seems counterintuitive, but that is because of microtransactions. Sure. Um, yeah. The ultimate Reddit down do. <laughs> Yeah. What was that? What was that? That was Battlefront Two. Was it? Am I right on that? Or twenty forty two? Is that like the most recent one? Or oh, oh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. That's what you're talking about. I thought you were talking about Battlefront. Yeah, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Yeah, that was the that was the giga down dude. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> Diablo Immortal, I should I should look up to verify, but I think it made. It it made for sure more than a million dollars a day in its first release, which was uh, Diablo Immortals, the, the free-to-play version of Diablo. I think maybe the mobile version. I'm not entirely sure. But a million dollars a fucking day. Um, it's a lot of money. In revenue. A lot of damage. Like, it, it does not matter if 90% of people don't buy the microtransactions. 10% of people will spend $1,000 a piece, and some people will, will pay far sure. beyond yeah. that. And it's like, so if you just make it available, somebody will buy it and it will make you money. It doesn't matter if it's best for the gaming community. These are businesses at the end of the day. And a lot of them take that approach. And that's causing a lot of problems because it makes them money. It's working. I mean, League is free to play. And the amount of people that I know that have spent less than $60 on that game 
or whatever you want to call the MSRP for a game is, as far as I know, it's me. Like everyone that I know that's played it has spent more than me on it. You know, they played a lot longer, to be fair. But like, I mean, I think I've spent like thirty or forty bucks on it in my entire time playing it. But like everyone, I, I know people that have spent like five hundred plus. Right? It's you can get a lot more money doing shit like that. Yeah. But okay, I do want to know. I have this hypothesis that with like sitcoms, right? Like, let's say Scrubs, for example, is my prime example. You're eight seasons in, man. You dragged this shit on as long as humanly fucking possible. Season nine, no way it's going to be fucking good. Which I'm pretty sure season nine was ass of Scrubs. And I will back that up. But we're, we're not talking about TV shows. With a video game series, how many games can you realistically have? And it still be fucking good. Like, what? It, I'm not saying there's always going to be an exception, right? You can always have a series that somehow is fucking perfect. But like, in a realistic series, we'll say a big franchise, right? Like, is Halo drawn out? Is it done? Like, because Odyssey was pretty good. It wasn't amazing, but it was pretty good. Like, Mario, I feel like, has been kicking ass. Right? How many games can you really expect? I don't know. I feel like after, like, three games normally, I feel like, are incredible. Like, above the fucking rest fucking good. And then it's like, you can kind of squeeze out, like, eight out of tens for a while after that. But, like, maybe, like, another three or four games. But then I'm yeah. I'm losing faith after that. Well, well, here's the thing. It's like so you bring up Mario. Like, sure, Mario is in every game, but they radically change or introduce an entirely transformative so much, mechanic yeah. each time that it's not the fucking same game anymore. <laughs> like that's that's a, a way way big difference to than Halo, which is first person shooter aliens. There's only so many iterations of that. And I think that's 100% valid. I, it reminds me, so Anna de Armas, the, the actress, um, she's in the most recent James Blade Bond Blade Runner 2042? Movie. Well, uh, also Blade Runner 2042, but also the most recent James Bond. Um, and she, she's been quoted as saying, there does not need to be a female James Bond. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense. And in some ways, there doesn't need to be another James Bond. Like, I'm, I'm not even taking just necessarily the gendered part of it. But, but the gendered part of it is important because there's, I think there's a lot of emphasis on making gendered versions of traditionally male franchises. And I really can't speak on this as a male. Like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what's right and I don't know what's good for women. So I don't want to speak on it. But I think the focus should be on creating good, innovative roles for women rather than, oh, let's try and shoehorn them into something. In some ways, that feels more disrespectful to me than trying to create new incredible roles like you have horizon zero dawn is a brand new franchise centered on aloy and ashley birch who's this incredible voice actress and that's exciting that game is like a pinnacle of sony like it sells so much and horizon is amazing what you can do and so and we you've you've mentioned innovation as kind of being like a, a key like when we're if we're going to score a game like think about the innovation i think that has become so much more important now in in gaming there's so many fucking remasters and remakes the last of us part one being a key example i mean shit i would probably buy that in a fucking heartbeat i won't but like even i can recognize that game didn't need to be fucking remade um like it was already remade for ps4 and it looks great 
and now you're charging 70 fucking dollars for it? Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you, you could not have put that energy somewhere else. And that's where, like, the business side of gaming is just, uh, it's, it's a dark and dingy world. I don't like it. Like, I don't like that it, you can make money doing those things. And we, as the consumer, even if it's a minority of us that have a lot of money to blow on games, are the ones creating this issue. Like, if, if we buy that shit, it makes the company money, and then they do it more. But the reality is, it's a minority of people doing it. So we really can't fucking do anything about it. <laughs> that's the beauty of it. Yeah. And the sadness. There's a lot of layers to that. I feel like that, that's, a, that's a big onion to dissect. So I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> it was intentionally slightly <laughs> oniony. Maybe it let the... You, the... you hit like 15 major points in that. <laughs> <laughs> He somehow went from anime harvest to fucking The Last of Us remaster in one smooth motion. Honestly, impressive. I'm a gamer. <laughs> um, the yeah. the last, two, last two games on my thing, real quick. Control um, was a lot of fun. I, th I thought it had some nice, unique concepts and gameplay. Um, gameplay was really fun. The story, it's, it's a... Oh, shit. Who the hell fucking makes that game they're the weirdos they did alan wake and all that shit remedy entertainment remedy thank you um yeah they have strange stories but they always have really interesting concepts that they get like 90 percent execution um like alan wake was like one of the most interesting concepts in the gameplay it had some really cool elements and then it just kind of like towards the end just kind of fell flat a little bit and i felt similarly about control like right at the end, I was kind of like, ah, that wasn't as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. But they tied it into Alan Wake and there is an Alan Wake expansion that I have that I have not played yet. Um, it, but you, you play as you, but you're like, oh, sure, it, yeah. it's, it's a shared world. And so you're, you're like doing some stuff. So I might go into it at some point, like maybe pre Alan Wake 2, I'll, I'll play the expansion and then go play Alan Wake 2. Gotta stream or Max Blue's gaming because I want to watch the shit out of that if you do. So Okay, of of which? The expansion or the Alan Expan Wake 2? Both. Both, but expansion. Both. Okay. I miss the streams. <laughs> don't okay. make me crap. I don't know. The problem is that means I, I have bring, an thing. I gotta bring my PS5 back in here and that's that's a whole thing. You know? That's the whole thing. Did you ever finish the... Also, I shouldn't be making uh, light of any conditions, but uh, did you ever finish the... It, there was like a roguelike space shooter that you were playing. Ah, Returnal. And I feel like I don't know... Yeah. I no. feel like we did not establish that between us, so I know we didn't establish that on the podcast if we didn't establish it. Yeah, you know when I streamed for you and you watched me? Um, that was the last time I played the game. Hell yeah, you were you were kind of sauced on it. I'm surprised that you just dropped it right after that. So I was, and then I got super sauced on a lot of other games. <laughs> Fair enough. And I I made it so far without dying, and I know that dying and replaying is part of the game. That I just kind of thought if I stop here before I die, it's like I won. 
So <laughs> the game can't kill me again if I stop right here. Um. <laughs> Adam also agrees that I went from Halo to End of the Armist in like 0.5 seconds. But how else? Yeah, that do was you? crazy. <laughs> um. I will say uh, when you say that. All I hear is that roguelikes aren't your genre because that's just like the most counter rogue. <laughs> oh, for sure. I know for a fact it's not mine. I like if you were going to play Dead Cells and you're just like, man, I made it three levels in. If I don't go any farther, man, we're good. I don't even think you can fucking pause mid game in Dead Cells, but that's because like the average playthrough is only like 20 to 30 minutes. I don't know what it is for Eternal, but I'm pretty sure it's a lot longer. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was playing it with you for well over an hour, like an maybe hour two hours, 20 minutes. And yeah. Did I not thought it was in that time frame. It was only in the second world. And so that it, if dead cells is, is that quick, if I could play through like the entirety of dust, that's why like smaller games like that, smaller experiences are much more enjoyable, especially right now to me, but would facilitate a roguelike that I would want to play better. Um, because I wouldn't feel like I'm replaying two to three hours worth of material I just played. For sure. Um, especially yeah. as a single player game. Um, I'm sure there's more to it. At some point I may go back to it, but I, there's just so many other games that have been popping up on my radar that I want to play. I did start to play Final Fantasy VII Remake, um, and I stopped that pretty quick too. Wild card. Jesus Christ. You're really throwing it. <laughs> You're throwing it out there. That was that is not what I was expecting. Yeah, I started what what was the inspiration? It, when I, it when the free. hell did Maxwell think? Oh, okay. Well, good enough. Yeah. I was like, when the fuck do you ever think? Let's play Final Fantasy. Yeah, you have your friends that play Final Fantasy, and then you have the rest of the gaming population. Let me put it that way. <laughs> and that's not it's not a slight to people that play those games. They're fucking good games. Like I'm, I've played at least one in the past. I and I've watched people play them. Like they're they're good games. Not my taste. That's fine. Yeah, not my I taste either. I I would not have tried it had it not been free on PlayStation Plus. Uh, so many games. Uh, Control was free on PlayStation Plus. Final Fantasy VII. Um, I don't know how many other games, if any, were. were I'm pretty sure Seven was the one I watched though, because is that the one I had on my soundtrack? Yeah. I'm really bad at the Final Fantasy names, but yeah, the, I thought the soundtrack of that was Bungan. Yeah. And no, then you have to fight a house in an arena, and I was like, this ain't it. But that was the only <laughs> boss fight that I saw that I was like, this ain't it. Yeah, there's something about... you know, I think you can turn on like a classic mode and make it more turn-based, and maybe if I had done that, that would have been more interesting to me. But like the quasi-turn-based, but also live action happening and switching characters i don't it wasn't my flavor at the time it i i don't know if it ever will be it just wasn't my flavor it literally nothing against the game like it it seemed like a good game yeah i just it wasn't my flavor game um so i I did i did play that a little bit um but fantasy uh, star online and coder are the only like quasi they both do that like half and uh, half out with the turn based thing. Those are the only two that I like that I played. But yeah, turn base is just turn base really isn't my cup of tea. Which I get flamed by all my Pokemon homies for not loving Pokemon <laughs> the best. I mean I, I think Pokemon was good. I enjoyed it, but 
I'm like by far shat on the most for my like <laughs> I don't even know if I beat the Elite Four once. I've gotten the Elite Four like fucking I don't know how many times. Yeah, I know. I'm a noob. I don't even I'm am I'm am I a gamer at this point? Let's really ask the question. See, I've I've beaten the Elite Four so many times because I got to the point that I could one shot every Pokemon in the Elite Four. And so I would use experience share. And I was just leveling up all my other Pokemon as I would just I would just blast through the Elite Four, one move a piece, just come on, get it through and level up all my other like low level Pokemon. Um, sure. I was doing that for a long time, but I, I love Pokemon. And that's what I'm saying. Like if it was strictly turn based, that would probably be more appealing to me than the quasi. And there might be a, a like a classic version I could have turned on. Um, and maybe I could see myself going back if that was the case but the game seemed to be designed in a way to facilitate not strictly turn-based but in the remake the original i can't speak to that um so i don't know but was my cup of tea but if it is i'm I'm with you it's a it's a special special kind of person that likes that and not not i don't mean that in a slight like that's just i think yeah it's, it's a different type of game Speaking of different types of game, uh, ooh, Mo Video Games Pokemon discussion win. It, it sounds like a, a Mo Video Games plus Adam. I should be specific. Yeah, we need to bring Adam um, in. I'm not qualified. It is. Uh, that's that's a good question. I've been thinking about Adam uh, podcasts lately as well. Um, so sometime soon, you tell us, Adam. We'll be there. You tell us. Um, but speaking of different games, Cyberpunk 2077, last game on my list. I've played a lot of it. I have completed a lot of the side... Ca- well, I've, I've completed the main story, and I got the good ending. Um, and I have completed a lot of the side quests. I would say most of it. I'd say like 70% of the side quests um, done at this point. Way better than I thought I was going to be. But it had a very, very low bar to clear um, because it got shot on so much. And I played it two fucking years after it was supposed to be released. So they had fixed some stuff. Yeah, they fixed a lot of shit. So keep all that in mind. But we knew this about CD Projekt Red and Witcher Games and how it takes a while for them to kind of hit their stride and get some bugs out, even though this was probably their most egregious example of it. Playing the game, which I got on sale, and I, we've, I've talked about this already and did the game trial for like five hours for free, and that like convinced me, oh my gosh, I want to play this game. I, I stand by the world of cyberpunk is a world I could get lost in for days. I am so enthralled by the world they set up and the like prosthetics and the cybernetics and the hacking and the different play styles and everything behind it super cool love the rpg elements i could just i could play that game forever um in the world the gameplay good enough uh but not special uh 
I, I mean, it, they did some stuff like the the hacking and like you have like these mantis blades you can get and do these other things. There's different play styles. You can approach levels differently and get different outcomes. And there are certainly some different outcomes at the end of the game as a result of how you play it. So th there's some cool elements there, but it is not the game changing game they portrayed it to be. I'll tell you that right now. If they had just said this is really good cyberpunk game. I'd have been like, great. But they're like, this game is going to change games. It did not. <laughs> just you can do it. Change. Shit. <laughs> but, uh. What's but, out of 10? What's, what's out of 10? And, uh, what was our categories? Let's do, like, some gameplay, some innovation, which is sounding not hot right now. Uh, yeah. Innovation. Some story and some a, graphics. Okay. In, innovation, I'll give it a solid five. Uh, story, I'll give it a nine. CD Projekt Red knows fucking stories. I fucking, I, I love that shit. And like the lore was part of the world building. I'll give it that. Graphics, eight. Um, if you have cutting edge hardware, uh, sure, maybe a nine, maybe a 10. They did some cool stuff in there. Like they, they pushed the boundaries. But on regular hardware, even the PS5 is just kind of, uh, not, not so great. Um, what else was there? Gameplay, I may or may not have said. Um, maybe so. Maybe I'm changing my vote if I already said it. But uh, seven, it was just kind of, yeah, it was there. It maybe did like a good a job. seven overall, around there. Yeah, I, I think if you're seven aggregating equal weight. Yeah, if you take away the hype, it'd be an eight. But it's sure. the the hype that it had just has to bring it down a point overall. Yeah, but I was pleasantly surprised and I, I played the shit out of that game. I've put a lot of hours into it and I had a lot of fun doing it. So I will give them that. It was worth the $30 I spent on the game. UG. TG. So happy to them. Um, let's see. I had some other news on here. I'll go through in rapid fire. Um, this tells you how long ago I wrote this tech news. Uh, Returnal campaign co-op is coming. Wow. Um, that was a long time ago. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West had an update that allowed you to turn off the loot animations. That was, oh my god. That, yeah, that game's a 10 out of 10 I think I remember talking now. about that, yeah. 10 out of 10, without question. Big ol' QOL <laughs> from what you said. Yeah, I mean, you're so often picking up berries that help you with your health and wood for your arrows and stuff like this. And it's like, uh, uh, every time nice, you're man. fucking picking shit up. First game that you ever experience that shit and you're like, man, this is immersive. Like, I feel like I'm really living the life of this person, right? The next game you play, it's like, I fucking get it. Just pick the shit up and move on. But you just get oh just like i just want to play other parts of the game you know what i don't like doing in real life is picking up shit so why would i want to do it in a fucking game i know and it, and it, yeah and i feel bad for the person that spent a lot of time animating that for everyone to just go in and immediately turn it off but uh it's not there there there's other people in the design team man it's not just like a one person you, <laughs> you know, know endeavor that. you don't know that um also, there's just one person who's pushing for it so hard <laughs> I'll also, do it. Uh, hello to Jenny. We've got a Jenny that has joined the chat. Welcome um, 
to the Mo Video Games podcast where we are just absolutely oh, yeah, it's we we've lost our minds at this point um talking about uh tons of random gaming news um so yeah so so that was interesting also it tells you how long ago i wrote this tech news unreal engine 5 is ready for development um it has been for months now um but cd project red is working they have officially announced they're working on a new witcher game um where they're partnering with epic and developing it in unreal engine 5 instead of their red engine um so they have smartly determined that trying to use their in-house red engine didn't work so hot with cyberpunk um and some of their other games and outsourcing the development of an engine an engine that is really well developed thank you epic and gets a lot of feedback constantly because it's open source and so many people use it um that's what they're going with so maybe the next cyber or cd project red game won't be uh absolutely terrible ub5 does look insane the little i've watched of it is like that that engine is unbelievably powerful for yeah what we've had in the past like it's it's crazy it's exciting it's an exciting time for indie developers it's an exciting time for small studios um to really be able to compete with the larger studios and just i mean the the baseline expectation of so many gamers has that bar has risen so high unless you're doing a specific art style or game design where you're like a 2d platformer or something like that where you can really simplify things down but when you're existing in a 3d space that bar has risen so high and having access to development tools like unreal engine 5 that's exciting we'll see we'll see what people do with it we'll see um sony has officially acquired haven studios this is also old news uh, but it's it's a development studio created by jane raymond uh she helped create assassin's creed and watchdogs um so big in kind of the ubisoft realm uh but is highly regarded in the gaming and development community and kind of started this development studio and so sony has been going out and acquiring largely from its ability to inject money into these independent studios from what i've heard it sounds like for the most part sony has left the creative freedom to the studios um it isn't trying to dictate what is done but what does seem to happen when studios come into the playstation studios universe is there seems to be a lot of collaboration um i noticed it immediately in horizon forbidden west it seemed like there were some naughty dog and god of war tropes that were in there now some of that's just the natural as other developers create things people see it and say oh that's a good idea but i think there's a lot of collaboration that goes on um from while we've learned this lesson we've developed this technology you should go um check this out oh and jenny said that they wrote a script for a mission for an open world game once it was fun or it was for fun well that's pretty dope i I, I, thinking about creativity and i mean we're talking right now about this new studio so it's kind of apt to to think about like story writing like you you have this blank script and we, we talked about innovation being important from a storytelling standpoint and from a gameplay standpoint like it is interesting to think about the creativity um 
that goes behind that and, and what you could create. I've been listening to the It's Always Sunny podcast, um, and they talk a lot about the, the creative process, though, that goes into writing a script. Um, and so that's I think that's really interesting to have. Definitely not easy. Yeah. Yeah. God. And, and for an open world game, nonetheless, like you start removing some of the the nice constraints of a linear gameplay and uh, that opens a whole whole world of stuff. Have, yeah. have you ever written anything, Oliver, like a, a like a short story or anything of that nature? I mean, like in elementary school, I started doing some like game development a while ago, but I didn't get really far into it. And I was mostly just doing like top down 2D shit. So it was it was simplistic. But yeah, interesting. When did you do that? Like eight years ago, it's been a while. I don't I I, it was before I learned Java and I was using Java to write. uh, What do you call those when you got a bunch of people running up and you got to like shoot them? They got like a, a flat line to go like a line to traverse. Yeah. I forgot a tower defender shit like that. Right. Yeah. I was trying to make a tower defender. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. You're just sleeping on this crazy news on the Mo video games podcast. And... Well, it, not really. I just didn't make it far enough to warrant talking about it. I just, I started working with unity like last year. I didn't make it for Jack shit and the unity. I like started taking <laughs> this course on it, but like, um, you know, just other shit comes up. So, but Unity was actually pretty sick. I do. I see. See, like why? Um, yeah, like small studios like to use it. So it would be fun. I just feel like it'd be fun to like make a game at some point. But obviously, things come up. Yeah, shockingly. I know. And always the excuse. It's hard to make a game. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. It's it's very difficult and very time consuming. That's why um, Team Cherry, unbelievable. So. Well, that's I was literally just going to bring them up because Silk Song now is it an actual release date? Is that what they have? I know there's a new gameplay trailer now, but I know the new gameplay trailer. What my mo with Silk Song is to believe it's never coming out until the day that it's released, and then I will believe that it's out because it exists. Oh, that's right. So Silk Song was shown at the xbox bethesda showcase at the summer gaming event and they said all yeah. games shown will be released within the next 12 months so that means if they didn't oh, lie i didn't hear that part okay if they didn't lie that's a big which, deal i mean they never lie but if they are not wrong june of 2023 would be the cutoff for the the latest date where they could still have not been lying but we all know games get delayed um and and for things out of people's control, I, I would hope that the fact that there was so much silence between the initial Silk Song information and the most recent, that they feel confident enough that they'll be able to release it. Um, and that's kind of the strategy PlayStation Studios have been taking, is they're like radio silent until they're like, okay, we feel confident we can actually say this is ready. Um, the gameplay trailer for Silk Song, like what I have seen, does make it look banking but i also feel like the amount of time it takes to get to where they are is kind of a testament to how difficult developing games are and how much work probably went into hollow knight in the first place right like to get that level of game um for what they had was fucking ridiculous and then i look at how they 
I mean, even just how they're alluding to mechanic changes for Silk Song, you know, who knows what's actually going to be in the final product. But like, yeah, the game looks fucking insane. Look, I'm it's it's hard not to be excited. I will tell you that much. <laughs> um, I did not think when we started this podcast that I would care about Hollow Knight at all. Um, and now I'm legitimately Silk Song is one of my most anticipated games. I am so hype for it. Ridiculous. Yeah, it's, I just I I pray to to Bezos that it don't flop. But <laughs> I I I have faith. I feel I, good. I feel indie studios good. they because they seem to be not solely driven by profit seem to have a better track record of being passionate about the game and being able to lay that passion on the ground. I I think everyone who contributes to a game from a development standpoint, largely is passionate about games. And there's just a lot of corporate bureaucracy that kind of ruins some of that. But indie studios, it's just the passion. That's all you get. So I'm, but I'm always the hype train. So you know me. <laughs> subscribe to the podcast and Maxwell's channel. Awesome. Well, thank you, Jenny. Um, I don't post super frequently on my channel, but we did say at the start of the podcast, He's coming back. I'm, I'm coming back. <laughs> I, it's two year anniversary of my channel, um, August 11th. So I'll, I'll have a new gameplay video out for that. So that should be fun. But, uh, but yeah, Silk Song should be pretty hype. Also, real quick, as we're kind of approaching the end of this podcast, God of War Ragnarok is coming out this year. The game is available for pre-order. What do you think Hype Maxwell is real. has done? I'm going to give Oliver, there's a 50-50 shot. Did I pre-order the game? Did I not pre-order the game? And I, okay. Um, my answer is no, you did not pre-order because I feel like if they have like a steelbook or something more intensive than just pre-ordering just the game, then you're going to want to get that. But I don't know what the pre-order looks like. So if you can pre-order something a little bit juicier, then do it. If you're asking, do I think that your reservation towards video games and your self-control that you've garnered over our time together has calmed? Sure. With God of War? No. So, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, for those of you, uh, like Jenny, who may be new to the channel, uh, we did a entire top 50 video game bracket that spanned like 50 episodes of the podcast. It was intense. And I determined that God of War 2018, um, was my top game of all time. So that, that's where he's drawing his, and so here's the full information. There are steelbook versions available. So what is your final answer, Oliver? The order is steelbook. You are mostly correct. Half right. So I did pre-order the game, and I did pre-order the steelbook. It just so happens that I pre-ordered the collector's edition, <laughs> which means I also got Mjolnir. And uh, some cool dice and figurines and some other cool collectible stuff uh, with the game. So, yes, I, I did pre-order God of War Ragnarok. I pre-ordered the collector's edition. And I felt I've never ordered or I've never gotten a collector's edition of any game ever. 
and God of War being my top game of all time that we put a lot of deliberation into. Fair. Very fair. I was like, if I do one in my entire life, it's going to at least, at least the money is going, it's like a thank you to Santa Monica Studios, if nothing else is how I'll justify it in my head for what what I think they did and what I what I hope they will do with God of War Ragnarok. Um, I, have, I have high hopes, but at least I'll get Mjolnir out of it. Although I do, I don't have it in, maybe I do, hold on, I might have Mjolnir. It's a different Mjolnir, but. If I could pre-order some Silk Song shit, I'm just saying I'd be on it. And I don't pre-order shit. Actually, yeah, I just don't pre-order anything. But I definitely like Silk Song's an on-release. The rare, the rare occasion of a game that I would want to play on release. Even Elden Ring, I'm not playing on release. I haven't even played Elden Ring. Who am I kidding? Okay. I don't have Mjolnir in here for whatever reason. I so Mjolnir, it's the more I say it, it's already a crazy word to say, but the more I say it, the crazier it gets. But Thor's hammer. <laughs> I have MCU's Thor's hammer. Um as a result of my wife, um, who who had it and used it at, for a Thor costume. And so it's somewhere. I but I, I don't have it on me, unfortunately. But so I will now have MCU Thor's hammer and Mjolnir. And I will have uh, God of War's Thor's Mjolnir. God of War's Thor's Mjolnir. Say that five times fast. But five times fast. Oh, shit. That 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 <laughs> that. There you go. I don't even know what the smart ass answer to that is. So. But uh, so yeah yeah pre-ordered that pretty hyped. Uh, like you said, I don't feel I don't feel too bad about it. It. Horizon Forbidden West. It's uh, it's tough to say my thoughts on the game because it. Horizon Forbidden West or Horizon Zero Dawn, the original game in the series, wasn't God of War level. So like Horizon Forbidden West. Is is under God of War. But I still think it kind of improved upon Horizon Zero Dawn, although it'll never reach the heights that the story of Horizon Zero Dawn hit. Um, yeah. So I guess what I was trying to say, I was trying to determine, like, was my pre-order of Horizon Forbidden West a mistake? No, I don't think so. Horizon Forbidden West is still hands down, without question, the most beautiful and detailed game I have ever played. It is the most impressive technologically. I still cannot believe that that game exists and runs on a console. Um, so I'm hopeful. It, it, assuming that it was better for me than Horizon Zero Dawn, which I still, it's kind of hard for me to separate the two things in my mind. But I, I feel Horizon Forbidden West was an improvement on almost all fronts. I'm hopeful that God of War Ragnarok will, will do the same for... Uh, God of War. People are saying it's huge in a good way. They, they have feel... confirmed you will visit all nine realms. Um, so there's that. I feel good it's going to be not uh, Forza Horizon 5 to Ford Delta. So I think it's going to be at least successful. But Yeah. Time will tell. We'll see. Time will tell. November Assuming it actually comes out, which they Kratos will be telling us all. 
I'll, I'll let y'all know. Um, but that's all I got. I, I mean, a lot of information, super long podcast, five sure. I don't even know how long we've been recording for. We're in the dot 30 right now. Hour 30. This might be a new record, but uh, good information. A lot to catch up on. It's been a while it's since catch we recorded. Up. It's a so. catch up. Exactly. You got any final parting words, Oliver? Words of wisdom? This one. Juicy. <laughs> there you go. Well, I I'll I'll do the outro then. Um thank you, Adam. Thank you, Jenny, for joining us. Thank you, Jenny, for subscribing. Um excited to have people sure. to talk to and to have people who who listen. Because <laughs> most of the time it's just Oliver and I just rambling. Talking to the Canadians. Talking to the Canadians. So uh it, good to have some people, some new faces and stuff. Exciting. Check us out. We do have an Instagram. Um, but it's basically just to announce that the podcast has gone live or well, not even gone live that the, it's posted, the, the yeah. audio version is live on Spotify and stuff like that. So not much to see there, but we put up pretty pictures. So if you like pretty pictures be true. to go along with your podcast announcements, definitely check out the Instagram, uh, Max Lewis gaming. Um, thank you again, Jenny, for subscribing, uh, juicy to you, Adam. He he just uh, commented juicy. Um, uh, yeah, go check it out. August 11th, have some more stuff coming out. Hopefully some more in the future. Now that Jenny subscribed, I feel like I got to start delivering. So that's my motivation. Please do. I miss live stream. The Horizon Forbidden West live stream. Really enjoyed. Would love to watch you play more. So. All right. I guess PS5 as a personal, I'm, I don't even have to speak for the audience, but I'm just saying, at least for me. Not going to lie, part of the reason the PS5 is not in here anymore is I was having problems with my capture card and getting it to work. Uh, so I just moved the PS5 out there. Um, but if I could fix that issue, more more PS5 gameplay sure to come. But uh, yeah, thank you guys. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. So, Joseph.